listening to The Jim Laird Show on Body IO FM, where health and performance collide with your host, Jim Laird. Welcome to another edition of Body IO. This is not Kiefer. And this is not Dr. Rocky, so he cannot screw it up. This is Jim Laird. Uh, Kiefer's been nice enough to allow me to do um, some guest shows for him. So, as always, uh, to support the cause, make sure you're supporting Kiefer and buying his uh, Carbonite Solution, Carb Backloading, all that good stuff, and um, keep things going here so we can keep doing this podcast. Well, I'm very excited to have Lee Taft on the line with me. Um, I've known Lee for quite some time. He's been in this game for for quite a long time, and he kind of got into this game in the same way I did. I, I started off actually as an elementary school teacher. Most people don't know that, but Lee started off in education. I'll let you give um, let Lee give his background. But I've I've gone and watched Lee speak a number of times, and the thing that always impresses me about Lee is his ability to teach and his ability to make things very simple and to get kids to do what you want them to do, to get them to learn, to feel uh, the movements and what he's trying to get out of the person. And that's really what a great coach is. A great coach is somebody who can teach and to get put people in the in the right situation for them to succeed. So Lee's something, somebody I really admire. Every time I've gone to a seminar with him, I've learned something from him. And I, I honestly can't say that about most of the people that I see at seminars. So um, Lee, I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet and I'll let you kind of get into your a little bit of your background. All right. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. You're so kind. Um, and I've always enjoyed uh, spending some time with you every time we uh, together at a clinic. Um, uh, you know, I, it's funny. I, I've you know, done a few interviews over the last week or so, um, and I always enjoy talking about where I came from simply because it's amazing how, uh, you know, people always say, you know, times really don't change when you look back at you know, kids are always kids or athletes are always athletes, but it really has changed a lot. And, um, you know, having grown up in the education field like you did, um, I hope my entire family, uh, my father, my brothers, my sisters were all educators. So I pretty much knew what I was going to do uh, growing up. And I started out, graduated from Cortland State in New York. I went right to my old high school, got a phys ed job, uh, became a basketball, football and track coach. And uh, also, you know, I was kind of the de facto strength coach and um, after two years decided to move on to try to get into uh, higher level coaching wanted to get into college and um, at the time when I tried to do that I what I did is I left uh, New York and I went to Alabama to the United States Sports Academy to do my master's and try to get into college coaching it was right around the time when rules were starting to change NCAA so I wasn't really able to get in uh, on the court, like I could have, I was trying to do a mentorship or like an internship at a, at a division one college. Um, that's kind of where I wanted to be. And everybody said, yeah, you can leave, but you can't get on the court. You're going to be in the office and helping stuff there. NCAA rules say we can only have so many coaches. So I was like, you know, that's not what I wanted. So I went to my, my next passion, which is strength and conditioning and ended up going to, uh, well, at the time, I'm assuming it still is, but it was the Voluntaries Tennis Academy. It was the world's largest tennis academy 
Uh, now it's known as IMG, and it's got everything there, all sports and everything. When I was there, it was just tennis. It was like 75 tennis courts, and some of the best players in the world were there. And and so I kind of, you know, I was 24, 25 years old and um, jumped right into it, working with top-level athletes. But because of my background in tennis, or excuse me, in, uh, in teaching and in phys ed, with these tennis athletes, they started having me work a lot with the younger kids and uh, because of my ability to teach phys ed and handle large groups. So, you know, and from that time, Jim, it just kind of, you know, I, I, when I left after my mentorship, I was offered a job there. It just wasn't the right fit for me. And then I just chased the business. I went all over the country. I lived in uh, different, you know, I lived in Florida. I lived in Indiana. I lived in, you know, back to New York and Pennsylvania and just kind of uh, Lexington. I was in Kentucky for a couple times, a couple different times. And you know how the industry is. Sometimes you just got to chase it. And, uh, but what it did is it brought me a lot of experiences and a lot of, uh, uh, good experiences and, and kind of got me to where I am today. That's excellent. Yeah, it, it is true. I've been very lucky that, uh, the business has kind of chased me. I, I've kind of just run into a niche by accident, uh, you know, training, training women, uh, which kind of happened by mistake, but, you know, I've been working with, you know, young kids since mid nineties. Um, and I still work a lot with young athletes and, and, you know, it's funny, you talk about working with high level professional athletes. I've definitely trained my fair share of those. And the time I spent at, you know, at, at some major D one schools and, um, and those, that's a lot of fun, but you know, a lot of the the clients that I'm the most proud of is like I'm, I'm working with a kid right now who who uh, who plays football who probably shouldn't be, but that's another topic. But mm-hmm. the the kid wasn't even practicing; like he was standing in practice and watching because he physically just could not do what he needed to do. And we were able to start where he is, and you know, within a couple of weeks, get him so he could practice. And then by the end of the year, he was actually playing in some of the games. So I'm actually much more proud of that than I am working with some of my high level guys, just to, to be able to, to, to lower, you know, the, the teaching ability to somebody that it's a lower level. Cause he, he you know, the kid obviously is never going to play at a super high level. He's just happy to play. So that's pretty cool. I, I've noticed, um, you know, we've talked about this off and on the kids, something is different. And, and, and maybe part of it is, is that I'm more selective and picky about form and, and, and how people move, but kids are just not moving like the way they used to. And, you know, like Mark McLaughlin pointed out, um, at the, the seminar we were just at, uh, you know, kids are coming in with a hundred plus resting heart rate. When I was 300 pounds at the height of my powerlifting career, I never had a heart rate over 80. So, Mm. you know, we've got kids coming in with, you know, these high heart rates, they don't move well. You know, what, what have you seen? Are you seeing the same things I'm seeing or am I just, am I just going crazy? And, and how has that affected your ability as a coach? You know, it's funny. I've had um, conversations with many professionals and parents and, and, uh, you know, just like a general coach um, about this very topic. And I've had some people say, ah, you know, kids are kids. They haven't really changed much. You know, we just, we each generation gripes saying the kids are changing. And I disagree because, and here's why. And, um, you know, and it seems like a cliche to blame everything on technology. But the fact of the matter is when your attention is drawn to something other than activity, uh, physical activity and movement, play, um, making making a, a contact or having communication with your friends and saying, let's go 
play. Let's go meet somewhere. Let's go to the park or, or uh, whatever it may be. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a town that was fairly remote from a lot of other areas, like the closest mall or movies and everything. You know, it was a good half hour away. So we pretty much had to be our own entertainment. And I think what's happened is we're a, we're a volume-based society when it comes to health. So if we're not exposed to enough activity or enough work, uh, and work could be play. I mean, it's just a term I'm using, but enough uh, stimulus for a body to have to adapt to, obviously it's going to adapt to what it's imposed upon, what's imposed upon it. And if sitting around um, and, and you, know, you know doing certain activities that don't require them to get up and move and compete and get their heart rates up, uh, you know, your body will adapt to that. And it's going to, it's going to, you know, higher the heart, the resting heart rate. Um, so when, when I was talking earlier about kids, you know, have changed and that's where I've seen it. And it's funny because, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people that's just still fights a lot of things when it comes to technology. My wife gets mad at me, but <laughs> I, I still have a flip phone and they, people laugh at me, but I'm like, I, I do it simply because I don't want to have access to the internet when I'm not home in my office. I don't want to have access to it. I don't, I, my phone is to call you or, or to get your call or texting is fine. I don't mind that, but I don't want that access. And that's me personally, because I, I was in the mall the other day with my wife. We, uh, um, actually yesterday for Valentine's day, we walked through the mall while we were waiting for our patient and, I can't tell you how many people I walked by never saw me because their head was in their phone. They were looking down at it. And that always bothered me. It, 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 uh, to this day, it bothers me because, again, you know, when I grew up and when you grew up, we didn't have that. It was, you know, you made eye contact, you, you gave somebody a head nod or, or you ignored them, but at least you saw them. You know, it wasn't uh, and, and I think that's what's happened with our, with our uh, youth right now is so many kids are – uh, their attention is drawn to non-active, um, uh, you know, activities, you know, for lack of a better term, that they, they just don't get the volume that they need to raise their heart or get their heart rates up throughout the day so that their body adapts so that a resting heart rate can be much lower. And so we're seeing a, uh, you know, the, the snowball effect isn't just their resting heart rate, but it's the, you know, the physical part, their their posture, their ability to maintain posture, their ability to absorb forces when they actually do participate in sport, because it was very common for us to play all day. And it, that's, you know, I know I hear a lot of people say that, but it was just, that's what we did. We couldn't wait to go do something else. And, and that could have been throwing rocks into a pond, or it could have been, you know, trying to see who can climb a tree uh, the furthest and, or, or whatever it may be. But those were things that we did just routinely it wasn't told to us that we weren't taught how to do it you just went out and did it and i think because of those things not being there our ability to have better physical health is is um you know is suffering right now i would agree completely and and you know the funny thing is is that low level play is what prepares us it gives us the work capacity for the high level activities so what are happening is you get these kids with don't have general physical preparedness are being thrown into a specific sport at a young age and being asked to do high, very high threshold things. And they're having to find very unique ways to accomplish this. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, I've seen 15-year-old, 14-year-old, 12-year-old kids with Tommy John surgery. 
mm-hmm. you know, because they're being thrown into these high threshold activities and they have no base and they're not playing all the positions in baseball anymore. Or little Johnny is six foot two and he's a middle schooler, so he's going to play center. He's not going to lo- learn the fundamentals of the game. He's not going to learn how to dribble. He's just going to stand in the middle because winning has become the most important thing. It's not about developing an athlete anymore. It's about winning. So it's um, how, how do you how do you deal with with some of these parents and educating them? What's your approach on getting them to buy into what you're selling? Um, because you know you obviously take a much more intellectual approach than most of the the coaches today, which are you know let's just run them and and see who survives. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we, we try to do now, and I understand the fears that are out there now. Again, it was a, it's a different time. There is a lot more, you know, nutty people out there. So you do become a little bit more protective of letting your, your kids go and just play, especially based on where you live. I was fortunate enough, again, to live in a place that was pretty good, pretty easy to do stuff. But, you know, from what I've heard over the over the last several years, that, you know, my little my little town has changed a lot. And so parents aren't as uh, you know, likely to just let their kids go. But one thing I try to tell them is if they can get them involved in a YMCA or like around where I live, there's a lot of churches that have these big recreation centers attached with gyms and tracks and, and, uh, they have racquetball and ping pong areas, tables, and, uh, they even, um, uh, paddle, not paddle ball, but, um, pickleball is really big now. And their kids are, you know, adults are doing that. And some of the kids are doing it. I try to tell them, look, at, bring them to a place like that where they have to check in and where, you know, there's a front desk, you know, near the door, and then go in and they can play. Just drop them off. And we do that with my kids. My kids will go and they meet other kids there, and they'll be two, two and a half hours, and they'll just play, and they call us, and we'll go pick them up. And I think that's an opportunity to do, to do some activities. Obviously, being outside is the best. Right now, a little tough with some of the bad weather, but um, when you, you know, certainly go out and play in the snow or the cold, but... In terms of getting out there and running, and you know, you got to find uh, places where they can do that. My kids the other day went with uh, a group of other kids. They went to a, um, uh, a roller skating place, and they spent a couple hours there and hung out and, and did some fun stuff. So there's a lot of opportunities. The problem with some of the parents now, uh, Jim, and you'll know this, is um, um, many of them. St- kind of started growing up in the environment when it changed and technology was getting a little bit bigger. I can remember when uh, uh, several years ago when I had my speed academy in New York, I had a mom come in and say, you know, I'd like my uh, my son, who was like eight years old at the time, to come and join your youngster springboard program. Uh, you know, we heard great things. I said, well, how did you hear about me? So my, my husband, I said, oh, how did he hear? He said, well, he was one of your, your former students. So you, you, you know, you forget, you know, you and I, we've been in this for a long time. So some of the parents that I had uh, that come in, I actually had them as students. So I had them as athletes in my facility. So they're younger and they grew up when technology was changing. So what they're used to is what they're going to talk to their kids about and expose their kids to as, as to what I was used to. I mean, my dad was born in 1919. I mean, he was in World War II and, you know, my mom was 1922. So what they grew up in and what their experiences they shared with me are a lot different than what kids are being told now. So my, it w- wasn't uncommon for my mom to say, get out, just get out of the house, go do something. You know, that's not nearly as common now. It's kind of like, where are you going? Don't go out. Don't go out unless I hear you or I see you or I can, I know where you're at. And, and rightfully so. There, again, like I said, there's some crazy things out there, but 
So I think that's one of the things I try to talk to parents about is, yeah, you got to be safe. You got to be careful. I get that. But there are places you can take your kids and let them go. Just find a fun place, find a recreation place where they can just go play. And if you, you know, you can get them to put their phone down for a couple hours, then uh, they can just have some free, free play. Great. What about, what about buying into the process of, you know, starting where they're at? You know, I, I get a lot of these, uh, the parents will come in here with their kids and they'll be like, I want to do LeBron James's training program, or I saw, you know, Kobe Bryant doing this, or, you know, uh, my kid needs to do this. You know, what do you, uh, what kind of, what kind of stuff are you doing to get these parents to, to, you know, Hey, your kid can't stand on one foot and he can't even skip. So I don't think doing doing depth jumps with a weight vest on is a very good strategy for long-term success. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, yeah, exactly. And that's always been a tough one. A uh, couple, you know, a couple little stories here, but one of them is that parents really have no problem when kids go into school and if they're in third grade, they say, well, yeah, I want my kid doing third grade work. You know, maybe they can do a little bit of fourth grade uh, work if they're, you know, talented enough. And um, and I try to explain to them. I said, then why do you want them to skip ahead physically? What, what's the difference? I, I said, I know what you see on ESPN and you see on TV and, and uh, you may see another athlete that's a little bit more physically gifted. But I said, there's a reason we start kids in kindergarten and work their way up. There's progressions. And the, the physical part of the body uh, development demands those same progressions. Now, we can speed it up a little bit because uh, genetically some athletes are, <clears throat> you know, just just gifted and can handle more. But just because they're gifted and can handle more doesn't mean it's the best thing for them in the long term. Now, you, you uh, are familiar, Jim, with I have a nephew that is an NBA player, and his name is Jimmer. And when I was in New York, where we're from, and where Jimmer's from, and Jimmer came and trained with me since he was a little, little boy, all the way up through, pa parents would say, you know, I want, you, I want you to do what you did with Jimmer, you know, do that kind of stuff. And my response is, do you have 15 years? And they kind of <laughs> look at me and laugh, and I'm like, you know, but seriously, I said, yeah. the reason Jimmer is where he is is because when he was five years old, six years old, we were doing crazy, you know, catches and and tumbling and balance activities and fun stuff. He didn't even know we were training, but we're teaching him. And, and it wasn't just him. He happened to be in with other kids, too, doing the same stuff. And and I, it was just a process. It was a process of making sure he was having fun. And, you know, we challenged his balance and his body awareness a little bit. And we got his strength and his speed. And we hit some, you know, critical periods of development so that, we knew we were uh, getting closer to reaching his potential when he got older. And then over time, it just took off. And, and then when he became like a, you know, halfway through his sophomore into a junior year, then his body changed. Physically, he changed. And then things just started to click. And so I'm, what, I, what I try to explain to parents is if I didn't do anything with your child and they just played, they just played the sport or they played with their friends, they're going to develop and they're going to get better. What I'm able to do is maybe give them some cues to help them get a little bit better with their balance, their quickness, their speed. I'm going to get them in a better, better body posture, things that they can remember. But if they can just remember that stuff while they're out playing with their friends and, and just trying to be in a better athletic position, they're going to develop anyway. And then when they get older, now we can start to, you know, we can really get them into a good, strong program. And not that I don't want them with me when they're younger, because I do. I mean, it's a... It's not only a business, but it's also I know the benefits because I know how to progress a young kid and make sure they're having fun and developing. But 
goodness. I mean, there's so many times I've told parents, look, just just let them let them play, let them go out and do some do some running in the park and and uh, you know play frisbee with great tracking skills and uh, mm-hmm. you know. So that's kind of what I try to get them to understand is it isn't about next week. We have to be the best athlete we ever can be. It's a process. So yeah, you, you don't want to have the best eight year old. Um... And then oh. when they're 18, they don't want to play anymore. And, and unfortunately, I'm seeing that a lot, you know. And then going back to development, you know, I've been reading a lot about the brain and a lot of the stuff that Bill Hartman's kind of turned me on to about, mm. you know, cross-connecting and movement and brain, you know, cognition. And, I mean, if you don't move well, you know, your brain um, is, is going to be limited in its ability to learn and all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, it's insane uh, how much movement plays a role in thought and, and cognition and memory. Um, so we're really selling our kids short, um, on a lot of things. It's unfortunate. And, um, it's great that you're able to give parents practical tips to work within the system, because I don't think the system's going to be changing anytime soon. Yeah. No, especially the more, you know, physical, physical education has changed so much over the years. And again, I go back to my dad, he was a big advocate for phys ed and he, he actually changed a lot of things in phys ed. And one of them being just a really strong background in gymnastics, which I had. And when I was a phys ed teacher, when I started in 1989, I still pushed uh, gymnastics really big. This was when the state was starting to cut it because of fears of uh, injury. Yeah. And um, but I'm going to tell you, the benefits of doing that were just tremendous. And it helped me as an athlete and just upper body strength and pulling and and uh, stabilizing through the shoulder and you know, core strength and just all the different um, aspects of what, you know, gymnastics gives you, it's not there anymore. And we're seeing kids that don't have good spatial awareness and body awareness. And like you said, you know, the connection of brain and learning. And, you know, gymnastics was phenomenal because you had to figure things out. You had to figure your body and movement out. It's a lot different than just catching a ball, which is a great skill and a really important thing to do. But when you're talking about self-preservation because you might land on top of your head you start picking <laughs> things out pretty quick yes so, yeah so it's changed quite a bit i always recommend a martial art gymnastics or wrestling to just about every parent that comes in here i was like put your kid in one of those things you're gonna you're gonna be a better athlete all around i remember growing up in canada um doing gymnastics and springboard and and, and climbing ropes and and just tumbling down ramps and diving through donuts and you know, it's just, uh, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, a couple kids get hurt and then they basically, you know, one kid gets killed on a playground falling off of a, off of monkey bars and they ban it for, you know, a million kids. So it's, yeah. it's, um, our society's kind of gotten a little soft in that department and I can, and I can understand it, but it's, uh, it's unfortunate that a lot of kids are missing out because of the, the misfortune of a few. Um, yeah. well, well, what's unfortunate and I'll let you, I know you, you have other questions, but what, what bothers me is what's what's changing it is the legal system because people are afraid to get sued and yes. school systems are afraid to get sued. So they're, they're not strong enough to stand up against uh, government and say, no, this is, this is best for, and here's the research. We need to do this. We just need to make sure we're educating our teachers better so they're safe with it. But what bothers me is we have no problem changing that for kids, but for adults, we'll throw an unfit 50-year-old woman into a CrossFit and have her <laughs> do crazy things, which are far worse than what I've seen kids do in gymnastics right. in terms of uh, safety. So it really bothers me that we're okay with that, but yeah, right. because a parent might gripe because their kid sprained their ankle jumping off a 
balance beam and is going to sue the school. We're going to we're going right. to quit on that. But yeah, we're going to let adults go through stuff they should never even be thinking about doing. Or the, the biggest loser, you know, just yeah. let's take let's take people with broken metabolisms, bad brakes, uh, just bodies that don't move well and drive them at 150 miles an hour and see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I just, I'm sorry. That kind of got, I just, I say that all the time to people. It just, it cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, it's just, this business is fun, but at the same time, it's kind of like beating your head against the wall sometimes. And, you know, you just have to find the people that, uh, that, that click with you and that, that, that you click with and then just, you know, keep moving forward. I think a lot of people, the one thing I admire about you is you don't change. You know, you, you do what you think is right and um, you let other people decide for themselves if they want to they wanna follow you or work with you. Um, and that's something that I've always tried to do as well is try to be completely honest with people and, you know, not be one of those guys that changes his philosophy to make the sale. You know, right. if somebody comes into me and tells me they want to do ABC and I go, eh, I don't think that's a really good idea. This, I think you should do this instead, you know, uh, and they don't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to compromise what I think is right just to get that sale. You know, right. I'm going to do what's right. And, and, and later on, you know, they might come back to me and say, you know what, you were right. Or maybe sometimes I'll get it wrong, but at least I'll be able to sleep at night. So, mm -hmm. exactly. so Lee, tell us about this product that you just released. Um, you know, I, I, I've watched you do tons of work. Um, you know, you're so good at getting people to who's this product for, and um, you know, talk about how what was your thoughts behind why you did it. Yeah, thank you for mentioning. Yeah, complete speed training is uh, a new product I did with Pat Beath. Pat Beath is the you know the owner of Athlete Acceleration, and he was the. Um, uh, the one who you contacted me and it's funny because originally I, I was, I was preparing for almost like a couple of years of doing, um, what's called, what would have been called groundbreaking three. I've done a product called groundbreaking one and two, and then it's been many years. And I got a call from Pat and he goes, Lee, would you have any interest in this? I'd said, absolutely. You know, I jumped on immediately and, and so put a lot of thought, a lot of time into it. And, and, um, the one thing I've always tried to do, and I think, I think it's getting a little bit more accepted now, but in um, my earlier days when I did some products, a lot of people would say, Lee, you didn't have a lot of drills in there, a lot of you know, exercises for us to, to add, even though there were quite a few in there. And I try to tell people the one benefit that I, uh, I have and I try to give is I was fortunate enough to be around a lot of good educators, including my family, my brothers, my sisters, my dad. And then my professors when I was in college and just people that I followed in our industry, in the, in the profession we're in now. And I have always done everything from a teacher-based uh, format. So complete speed training is a product that will help uh, you know, a parent, a, a youth coach, an experienced high-level coach, an experienced strength and conditioning coach, a speed coach, anyone that is interested in learning why we do what we do and why the body likes to move certain ways. And what I tried to do is kind of block it together into certain categories where people can say, okay, I really, my team needs work on lateral speed. Okay, here's, here's why you should be doing lateral speed, the way that it happens, and, and you should be endorsing what's naturally occurring. And here's some exercises that will get you started, knowing that there's tons of other exercises they can use. So that was the format that I tried to follow, <clears throat> right, from linear speed, top-end speed, uh, whether it be power, jumping, 
uh, lateral angular, crossover, lateral shuffle, any kind of movement possible, retreating. Uh, I even introduced um, what I've done for many years, what I call like a mistake response or a mistake recovery training, <clears throat> where we, we get an athlete into the mistake that they commonly make. How do you get out of it? So that's something that I've always been big on teaching. And it's about making sure the, the viewer understands the methodology, the strategies, and the principles, the laws of movement. Because once you do that, you can do anything you want. You can, you can train an athlete any way of any ability or any sport because you understand movement. You understand, uh, you know, the, the relative uh, uh, use of the core and the stiffness that has to occur to be, become a quicker athlete. So, so that's really what my stuff is about. And I know you and I have talked about this in the past. It's, it's a teaching tool for people who really want to know how to, how to become a better uh, uh, if you're an athlete, a better athlete, but if you're a, t a coach, uh, you know, a much better teacher and coach of the skill of multidirectional speed. That's great. Cause I mean, a lot of these products are just, they throw a bunch of exercises together and they don't teach you the why, you know, people always contact me. I want you to write me a program. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Or how do I do this? I'm like, you've got to learn the principles of why you're doing what you're doing. You know, what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, where do you, where do you, what is your weaknesses? What are you, what are you lacking? And then once you understand adaptation and you understand homeostasis and you understand all these things, you can start assessing people and picking apart what you need to do with people. But if you don't have that underlying why, then you're just basically copying a, pro a program off T Nation or wherever and, and running it with people. And that's, that's not going to get you the, the best results with the, with the least amount of effort. So, um, Lee, why don't you tell us where people can find that and where they can find more information on you? Yeah, if we, uh, first of all, if they go to leetaft.com, um, you know, there's, uh, there's um, you know, a number of resources there, products. So just leetaft.com and uh, complete speed training. If you just go to even, my, you know, my Facebook, you can, uh, or again, you know, leetaft um, or uh, leetaft athletic consulting. You can go to any of those and you'll see complete speed training there and, and just click on it. And um, it's a great resource, great product. It's one of those products that will change your thought process and make you think a little bit about stuff you've been taught in the past. And that's really what all my products are about. It's uh, about just making sure you're, you're understanding uh, what it is that you're actually doing rather than just being a mom, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a person that just kind of follows what everybody else told them in the past blindly and doesn't actually challenge what it is that they're teaching. And I think once you do that, then you say, ah, geez, I've been making this mistake for a lot of years. And I know that because I made all the mistakes. So it's easier for me to, to recognize mistakes being made. So, so, but thank you, yeah, for letting me share that. But yeah, leadpath.com, or you can go follow me on Facebook. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And if anyone wants to find more information about me, you can go to jimlaird.com, jim, G-Y-M, laird.com. You can find out about the gym. We're also excited. I don't. These are pre-recorded, so I'm not sure when this will come out. But I am releasing the Jim Laird Strength and Conditioning Rest More T-shirt that will be sure to stimulate conversation and all sorts of questions. It's got Rest More down the back, um, so you can educate your friends and 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 family and and peep just random strangers about how rest and self-care meditation, walking, good nutrition should be the foundation of your training program. If you're either, whether you're going for health or performance, that needs to be the foundation of your training in order for you to, to have long-term success, either with health or performance. 
the, the main focus of your protocol should be rest. And then that way you can push hard. But most of the people we see today, as Lee talked about with cell phones and the way our lifestyle is so crazy, uh, we're going all the time and we're never shutting down. So if you want to get better, you want to get healthier, if you want to have higher performance, you need to be able to shut down and turn yourself off. So check out one of those shirts. If you like one, get one and help kind of create. Because I, I guarantee you, you know, with all the beast mode shirts and all that stuff, when you have a shirt that says rest more on the back, somebody's going to say, what What are you talking about? So hopefully that'll stir up some good discussion and, as Lee said, challenge you and make you think and make people think in general because that's really the way to make everyone better is to get people to think and not just be a zombie. So once again, Lee, thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. been listening to the jim laird show with your host jim laird if you'd like to hear more log on to body.io don't miss the next episode of the jim laird show when he'll probably say something inappropriate but unexpectedly insightful